key word was anytime in public, if somebody said, hey, CO, <laughs> my spouse would directly turn around and walk away. And you had a contingency would, plan. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Justin. And I'm Laura. And it's count time. We are going to wrap up our conversation with R. R is a career corrections officer who has served time himself and has quite the unique perspective. With that, let's get started. You talk about people just kind of forgetting their loved ones once they start serving time. And I I definitely feel like I've experienced that, although I haven't served time myself. I don't have a record. Um, I am... I'm very close to my grandfather and I've recently realized or have been told rather that I'm the only person who keeps contact with him, Hmm. which makes me really sad. I think he's a beautiful person. He definitely has had his problems and made some really bad decisions, but he's turned into a wonderful person in my opinion. And he made those decisions 50 something years ago. Yeah, he's he's been in for 57 years, but time aside, he's just grown into a great human being. But it well, is it is we have, in my in my experience, because I work around these individuals for so many hours during the day, I get to know their lives too. Mm-hmm. And when they tell me that they haven't heard from so and so or they haven't heard what's going on with my heart goes out to them. It's yeah. like I, I'm sorry. I I really do wish there was something I could do, but it's due to due to what I do, I'm can't. Right. But you know, there will be times we'll be like, "Hey, you said your daughter came to see you. Was it a good visit?" Yeah. Or and hey, it's those little things that make a difference. Yeah. Somebody cares. You know, I I genuinely, especially when I work around someone for so long, mm-hmm. I genuinely start to care about what's going on in their lives and what's happening. When I was married, the key word was anytime in public, if somebody said, Hey, CO, <laughs> my spouse would directly turn around and walk away. <laughs> and you had a contingency I would, plan. <laughs> yeah. And I would, then announce my, I'd be like, oh, hey, what's up? This gentleman was walking through the Walmart parking lot mm-hmm. and was like, hey, CO. And I was like, oh, hey, what's going on? Came up, shook my hand, and he was like, I want to thank you for mm-hmm. everything that you did and the way that you work because through you doing what you were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I worked the system. I now am back with my wife. I have custody of my children. I've got a really good job. I I can't thank you enough for the way you worked to help me work on making myself better. That's amazing. And that just shows like, how influential you can be on somebody's life too, because especially when you're when they're serving time, right? right. I mean, the, they're the a captive worst audience. Part of their <laughs> life. If you're in county jail, you're in a pretty dark place, right? Right. So there's not a whole lot of positive things that are happening in your life. But, so something that would be positive would be 
a person you interact with every day giving mm-hmm. you encouragement, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever they can offer. Especially in lieu of not having your family either being willing to visit or able to right. visit. I mean, that would make such a huge difference for anyone. So what is the positive experience you've had? I do have one. I have a number of positive experiences in jail, but involving like somebody that's in a position of authority there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I worked as a career development technician in Sandstone, Minnesota. Okay. And I've talked about Sandstone before because it's Minnesota. Everybody's nice in Minnesota. <laughs> it's absolutely true. I am literally in the Arctic Circle up there, and this prison is in the middle of nowhere. It is built in 1935. Like, I mean, this prison is scary looking when we got there. And I was like, this is where I'm going. Like I was expecting a lot. Like, you know, I was like, oh, it would be a lot nicer. And an insane asylum. It looked like an insane asylum. All the staff members there were, I mean, they just smile right in your face and uh, like not in a condescending way either, like talking to you like you're an equal. That was super refreshing. So I got a job in the library. Well, not the library, education. But in a different part of the education, I know we've talked about the education department a few times. (laughs) So there was a room that was designated for inmates to go work on their resumes. We actually had a kiosk, a job kiosk, which was connected to a satellite. I don't know what even what it was. I've never seen anything like it before in my life. But it's this giant computer screen with an antenna on top that's bringing in jobs from all over the country. Wow. It's called the job kiosk. Okay. So it costs a fortune to have this thing in the jail, like $15,000 a month wow. to have this stupid machine. But it wasn't stupid because inmates would go up, they put in their town and they get a list of all the jobs that are currently open in that. I don't know where these lists were populated from, you know, or how reliable they really were. Probably in a database. Yeah. Some, somehow maybe the newspaper, you know, maybe it came, I don't know where it came from, but when people would be close to getting out, they would come, they'd look for jobs on the job kiosk and then they would sit down with me and we would work on their resume. So that was my job. And it was, it was extremely rewarding, but the guy that I worked for, (laughs) he was a young guy. He was super tall. I'm not going to say his name. He was just goofy. But he was obsessed with musicals. He's the one that introduced me to the cast recording of Hamilton, which I had never seen because I'd been in jail, you know? And so, like, I loved that. I got my, what do they call it? Apprenticeship from the Department of Labor as a career development technician, which is supposed to take 45,000 hours. (laughs) And I did it in eight months. (laughs) (laughs) I have a diploma from the Department of Labor from, you know, the government saying that I don't even know what this does. Like, I don't don't even. You put it on your resume. I mean, (laughs) maybe I should. Like, maybe it actually means something. I don't even know how to describe it. I need to start looking it up. You should have a certificate. Okay, we'll talk about it later. Well, yeah, but at the same time, I I didn't really go through the certification in a 100% legitimate way. Like, I was in charge of making sure that. Everyone else got certified uh-huh. in their welding apprenticeship, all the different apprenticeships that they offered at Sandstone. So you were a career builder, though. So, yeah. Yeah, sure. With no career. <laughs> well, but... Turns out it makes $4,000, $400,000 a year. Sign me up. What do I got to do? So the staff at this education department, the administration was always trying to take take things away. One day they just came and took that, that job kiosk. Yeah. But apparently they had been trying to do that for three years. and. The staff fought it, 
fought it, fought it, fought it. This means something to these people. These people are coming in here. They're getting ready to get out. They don't even know. Like if you've been in jail for 20 years, you don't know what jobs are even a thing, you know, or what they pay or industry has changed so much even in the last 10 years. So I think it was, that was my most positive experience. (laughs) I mean, it didn't hurt that I had my own office with a TV that I could go into anytime Mm -hmm. and be away from everybody. So I could go into this, this my own office. I didn't have a key to it or anything, but the door closed. It had carpet and a desk and some comfy chairs and a TV with cable. Yeah, I could go be away from everybody. And so I liked that, you know, like that was a good perk and it was cool. It made that year. And that was the hardest year too, because I had to go through the drug program, which was 900 hours uh, where we had to apologize for everything that we'd ever did. It was a hard year, but it was a fast one. You know, that was a quick year. Yeah, so that was a great, that was a good experience that I had. With with officers trying to stand up for... Well, and see, they weren't even really officers. Like, they didn't call themselves officers. The you know? staff, though, I mean... Yeah, they called themselves... Some of them might have started as a CO, mm-hmm. but really a lot of those positions in the feds, they come into those positions, you know, so you're an education coordinator or a technician or mm-hmm. something, you know, like, just like you'd be a teacher going into a community gotcha. college okay. or something like that. That's interesting. Yeah. And they offered college. Yeah. Adams State University, $500 a credit hour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my <laughs> grandfather in the 90s, he got he, he got a degree yeah. uh, for, for in computers. How? How? It, it was a different time. Was it just books? <laughs> no, no. I mean, he was allowed computer time, but to learn really? it, like he couldn't just have free reign on a computer. They would not be able to do that now. Oh no! There'd be no way they could they could facilitate something like that in that kind of environment. Yeah. that people are incapable of. Well, it was I, it was the he got I think he graduated in like ninety three ninety four. So <laughs> we're talking right. It's a game. very <laughs> it's a very different kind of like he he did coding and stuff, but like yeah, like yeah. back then back then not that's the hard coding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, there was one time he's like zeros oh. and ones. Right. I, so I got I I shifted my career to IT. So I was talking because with... Because of that? No. Oh. Not at all. I wish <laughs> I was that cool, but I'm not. But he, um, he's like, oh, so IT, so you know this about computers. And I was like, no, I know not totally different language. Wow. I can click buttons, Grandpa. <laughs> I don't know what that is so about. cool to like, think, though. Like, all the stuff that he's accomplished in prison. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. I mean... He's definitely filled his... I mean, he's done what he can do. He's he's uh, definitely a, an education nut, and I love it. That's I, awesome. I really admire him for it. But okay, so you talked about a positive experience um, after no longer being like behind. What is it behind the wall? Behind the fence. Oh, dang it! Well, county jails <laughs> have like a lot of fencing. Okay, <laughs> but, but so being outside of the facility. What about being in the facility? Have you had any really positive experiences with people serving time? Yeah, I most definitely. Mm. There's when you're when you're just walking through from one area to the other and you see an inmate mm-hmm. and you're like, Hey, I haven't seen you in like three months. What's been going on? Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. It's like, Oh, well, I just started this program. I just get, did this. It's, it's good to, to hear the positive things. Mm-hmm. Um, the most positive thing for me is when somebody gets their certificate for completing specific classes, yeah. whether it's a self-help class or whether it's 
a class to help them understand why they are the way they are. Mm -hmm. So growth, you see growth. Yeah. They carry themselves differently. Mm -hmm. They, their heads a little higher, uh, their body language. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really a good thing to see, Mm -hmm. especially when it's a system that's actually working. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that goes back to some of our recent conversation about RISE, RISE organization. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with them or have experience I, with them. I have no experience with them. Mm. However, I do plan on getting in contact with them. Yes, I really encourage you to, but anybody listening. So you and I have spoken a little bit off mic about it, but they have remote volunteering opportunities, which I think is unique and really cool. They had to figure it out during the pandemic, like so many other organizations and companies, and they've done it. It's so rewarding, too. I did one round myself, and I helped grade and give feedback on a resume, on a statement about themselves, on a business ideation plan. It was really remarkable. Not only did they teach them professional skills, but they taught them how to be transparent and open about what they've done and show the skills they've learned and how it can benefit others. And that was really impactful. But they also do a lot of self-work before that point, and that was just, it, it rang through everything. It really was amazing. So anybody listening, I know you may not be local, but you can still give back to these individuals by going online and doing it virtually. We have a link to them on our own website, counttimepod.com, but their direct website is csrise.org, so please check them out and give them support. That's what they're doing for those people who are coming out of prison too, providing those classes, those opportunities Mm -hmm. so they can hold their heads up high. They can be confident, you know, going into an interview or going Um, into a... That's what needs to be done. Yes. When you walk into a room and somebody knows why you're there Mm -hmm. and you just feel this weight on you. Yeah. I experienced that. Really? I went to an AA meeting. Mm-hmm. And I was just there for supporting somebody mm-hmm. and didn't look at everybody's face. But as soon as I walked in, mm-hmm. I could feel this pressure in my chest. Yeah. like Because half the people oh. there are getting court cards signed. So that means right. they've spent some time in the jail, you know? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to sit here and just not say anything. Mm-hmm. And I faced forward the whole entire time and did not look around the room that often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, and it, it's no, not because AA is a safe place, mm-hmm. you know, it's, and that's what it's about. Right. And it's also anonymous. Right. So I get that. However, it's still a, almost a judgment. But it's not an intentional judgment. Right. But it would be for somebody like that. I can totally see what you're saying. Like these people maybe, and they're probably not, but you could think these people recognize me and they think I'm here because I'm struggling with this or whatever. And I was in, I was their CEO, you know, or something like that. So you, while that may not have been the case, I could see how that would be uncomfortable for sure. Understood where you were coming from when you were discussing how you get the eyes batting at somebody across the desk or you get someone eye rolls and says, Oh, 
what were you really? in for? Yeah, you know, quick or, and flip the page. Yeah. And I think that those organizations, while they didn't really exist a while ago, you know, not even, I wouldn't say it, not even 10 years ago, you know. Or, or at least they weren't as effective if, well, even if they did exist. They existed in different capacities, you know, single but parent. They really? You know, you know, they say they're there and they're not. Yeah, depending on the organization. So you're at the CA meeting to support your friend. And we've already talked about some trauma that staff goes through and has and carries with them. Community outreach, when you have existing triggers, can be so difficult. So I imagine kind of looping back earlier, you mentioned, you know, it changes your whole perspective in life when you sit with your back to a restaurant door. Anything like that, I imagine it's just that much more inflamed for you, right? It's difficult for anybody, but... Yeah, especially when you're going to community outreach and part of our job description is community outreach right i mean it really is yeah i love how that's framed yeah if i saw somebody struggling i would inherently my character would be to help them out Mm -hmm. so in a sense i found my calling through this opportunity Mm mm-hmm it really does for me it makes my day when i can when i can talk to somebody and they have said yeah by the way remember 14 tuesdays ago when i got back from court and you let me make that phone call because i needed to even though it was after time or you let me jump in the shower after a really crappy assignment no pun intended. The, it's those little things. It is the little things. It is. It's, it makes a huge difference. I not only sympathize, but I empathize with a lot of this because, as I said earlier, I have <laughs> done my own time there. Mm-hmm. How surreal is that? I mean, it's, you've done your own time in yeah, that place. Believe me, I. it was in... It was totally different, though, probably. Oh, it was completely different. And my celly was on suicide watch. Oh, that's fun. Oh. Yeah. So it was very... It's never fun to be on suicide watch. Have we talked about that? We have not. If you didn't want to commit suicide before you were on suicide watch, you definitely would after being on it. (laughs) They take away all your clothes. (laughs) Uh, It's, yeah. It's terrible. You you only have peanut butter. So you both come from very different perspectives and our, yours really intrigues me. I would love to get both of your thoughts on some things that I know are fairly controversial for citizens. One thing that really gets me going are the voting rights for people who have served time. I just think that is so overboard. We live in this country that claims to give rights to everybody, but then we take them away so quickly for so many different things. But I did want to get your perspectives on that. So... How do you feel about voting rights for people when they've served time? Definitely. If you've done done your time and you are back to being quote unquote a normal individual right. then or a regular American <laughs> citizen, then that that right alone should just be a no-brainer. Yeah, you should be able to vote because your opinion your, matters. Your opinion will matter depending on what's coming up and everything else. But how can you make any changes 
if the people that are trying to make the changes can't advocate for themselves. I mean, Correct. who's going to go vote for prison reform? I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people out there that are passionate and that are doing good things with that. But if, uh, if I'm able to advocate for myself in that kind of capacity, I'm already feeling better about myself because I'm doing something greater than myself. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole point is to get above yourself, to do stuff for others, to be a better person. And that's just, you know, Hey, I have, I have a place in my heart for people that are in jail and that are in prisons because I've been there and now I've seen it. I would have never known before. You know, if I hadn't gotten involved in what I did, I would not have any idea, nor would I give a fuck. Yeah. Because that's the path I was on before. And that leads me to why, because I've been on both sides of the Mm -hmm. wall, then I understand. And that's why I treat, I treat my community better than some of my fellow Mm -hmm. people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a really good point. It it's just hindsight's 2020. I know what I did wrong. I did wrong. I took care of it, and then right. 16 years later, now I'm on the other side of it, mm-hmm. yeah. and I've been doing it for 18, <laughs> so <laughs> that's just rough saying. No. <laughs> I, listen, it's, it's an accomplishment. Yeah. It really is. I think that you know, if 90% of the, of the staff were like you. I think it would be a whole different ballgame for real. Oh, I agree. Well, R, it's been wonderful having you on, and I want to have you back. You've been absolutely great to talk to. I agree. Thank you for joining us. This was very substantial. Yes, thank you. And thank you so much. It was great to see you. And thank meet you. you. You're welcome. I uh, enjoyed it. It's very interesting. It's the first time ever trying anything <laughs> like this. And uh, just remember, we're all your neighbors. Music by Elliot Torres and Matt Williams. Logo art by Nick Chalupa with Hikari Studios. Produced by Laura Leatherwood. Help the reentry community by visiting csrice.org or by visiting our own website at counttimepod.com. Thank you for listening and just remember, we're all your neighbors.